Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT Sports Center Update. Good afternoon, Darren Pritchett with you. The Sports Center Update is brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Terry Clark in South Bend or Matt Carroll in Mishawaka. The PGA Championship underway at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The first round leader is Rory McIlroy who carded a 500 par 65 today. He's got a one-shot lead over Will Zatoris. Tiger Woods fired a four-over par 74 after starting the day two under par. Masters champion Scotty Scheffler, two under par through eight holes. Afternoon baseball, the Chicago White Sox have just grabbed a 5-4 lead in Kansas City. Top of the seventh inning, Adam Engel broke a 4-4 tie with an RBI single, scoring A.J. Pollock. The Sox still have first and third one out with a 5-4 lead in the top of the seventh inning. Tim Anderson has a two-RBI single in the game. Luis Robert tied the ball game up in the sixth inning at four with an RBI single. The Orioles walked off the Yankees at Camden Yards 9-6. Anthony Santander, a walk-off three-run home run for Baltimore. The Cubs and the Arizona Diamondbacks square off at Wrigley Field tonight at 740. Marcus Stroman comes off the COVID reserve list to start of the mound for Chicago against the Diamondbacks, Zach Galleon. The New York Mets just walked off the St. Louis Cardinals 7-6 in 10 innings on a two-run home run by Pete Alonso. Bad news for the Mets today, Max Scherzer. Their top starting pitcher, along with Jacob deGrom, out six to eight weeks with an oblique injury. The Padres shut out the Phillies 2-0 today behind seven shutout innings from Hugh Darvish. The Reds double up the Guardians 4-2. The Detroit Tigers are idle today. They'll play at Cleveland tomorrow. The eighth-ranked Irish baseball team opens a three-game set at number 9 Miami tonight at 7 o'clock. Midwest League. 7:40 first pitch in Appleton. It's the South Bend Cubs visiting the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Here are the game on WSBT Radio pregame at 7:25. NBA playoffs, Eastern Conference Final Game Two in Miami. The Heat looks to take a two games to none series lead on the Boston Celtics. Game time 8:30. NHL at 7 o'clock Eastern Semifinal Game Two. The Lightning are at the Panthers. Tampa Bay up 1-0. At 9.30, Western Semifinal Game 2, St. Louis visiting Colorado. The Avalanche are up one game to none. And Notre Dame Hockey officially announced the addition of defenseman Ben Brinkman to their roster today. Brinkman played 140 games in four years with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. This Sports Center update has been brought to you by Edward Jones. Two hours of Budweiser's weekday sports beat is next on 960 AM WSBT. So I switched my insurance to State Farm, and get this. I talked to an actual State Farm agent who lives in my actual town, and get this. My actual agent in my actual town gave me actual help with the coverage I needed. And get this. My actual agent in my actual town who gave me actual help actually knows my name. 
And get this, they actually say it's called service. Call me, State Farm Agent Tim Growl, 232-9981. Hey, sports fans, United Beverage Company of South Bend wants to thank you. Thank you for supporting our local economy. Thank you for shopping local, for dining local, for celebrating with your buds local. United Beverage, locally owned and operated, is proud to distribute the Anheuser-Busch family of beers. Quality name brands like Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, and now introducing Bud Light Next. 80 calories, zero carbs. Brewed for what's next, Bud Light Next. Proud to serve you and our local community for 90 years. It's United Beverage Company, reminding you to drink wiser. Get this. Right now, Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season, and I just saved big. I got my kids jumping beans must-haves for under 5 bucks. found myself some tees and tank tops for $5.99, and got 60% off patio furniture. The best part? I didn't need any coupons. I earned Kohl's cash, and I got everything with free store pickup. So yeah, you could say today was a good day. Select styles ends May 22nd. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete, and in a, an instant, your world flips, and your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bottle home an auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. With prices soaring at the pump, filling up can be stressful. That's why Discover has your back with cash back. Use Discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and Target. Now through June, on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. We know every dollar matters right now, but you can count on us. Get up to $75 cash back this quarter with your Discover It card. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com trial. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right free at ziprecruiter.com slash trial that's ziprecruiter.com slash trial ziprecruiter.com slash trial 
I got smart about mortgages. Now it's my house I go home to. I got smart about credit cards. Now paper or plastic has a whole new meaning. When it comes to your money, whatever you want to get smart about, you can find it at smartaboutmoney.org. Smartaboutmoney.org is a free online resource from the National Endowment for Financial Education. We're an independent nonprofit foundation dedicated to helping people just like you get sound information about money. Smartaboutmoney.org. It's the easy place to start when you want to get smart. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Tears uh, in his eyes, I guess. Four! Please, Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on 960 AM. WSBT, a live stream available at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT Radio app. You can download that app right now at the iTunes or Google Play stores. Search WSBT Radio. Once you have the app on your phone, you can listen to us live, our podcast, whenever you would like. 82 glorious degrees in downtown South Bend with beautiful sunshine at 5.08 on this Thursday, May the 19th of 2022. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thanks for stopping by. Sports beat on the air until 7 o'clock tonight. Then you'll get a few moments of ESPN Radio. Then at 725 South Bend Cubs pregame right before a 740 first pitch. The South Bend Cubs visiting the Brewers affiliate, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers up in Appleton, Wisconsin. Coming up on tonight's Budweiser's Weekday Sports Bee, we'll have our Twitter question of the day results from yesterday and a brand new question coming up in our next segment. Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher. These two are going at it through the media. Nick Saban took a shot at the Texas A&M head coach, and Jimbo went after the Alabama head man with a 2-minute and 42-second response to the media. So what are they fighting about? We will tell you coming up in our third segment at 540. Things are getting heated down in the Southeastern Conference. Where, as we all know, it just means more. Our My Five Question of the Day is coming up later on this hour. Then at 6.06, I'm going to be joined by the PGA professional at South Bend Country Club, Greg Helmkamp. The PGA Championship underway today at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We'll get Greg's thought on what this championship means to a PGA professional. And we'll get into some storylines the comeback of Tiger Woods, state of golf in our area. And Greg was the individual at the U.S. Senior Open at Warren Golf Club in 2019 that had the opportunity to caddy for the legendary Tom Watson. We'll reminisce about that story coming up when Greg joins the program in one hour here on WSBT Radio. Also, our sports wagering segment coming up during the 6 o'clock hour on WSBT Radio. 
Budweiser's weekday sports beat tonight on WSBT Radio is being brought to you, as always, by our good friends at Budweiser. The King of Beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Tim Ground State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. And by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Quick update on the PGA Championship. Tulsa, Oklahoma, Southern Hills Country Club, a record fifth time this golf course has hosted the PGA Championship, and Rory McIlroy leads the way. He carded a 500-par 65 today. That is of note because the last few years, Rory, in major championships, has gotten off to horrible starts. He has put himself in a tough spot after round number one, then plays great golf the rest of the way, oftentimes sneaks into the top ten, but doesn't contend for the championship because of that first round. Now at Augusta National, he was scorching hot on Sunday in the fourth round and got close, but Scotty Scheffler won the championship. So we've been saying for some time, if Rory can get off to a good start, then who knows what he's capable of. Well, he posted the 500 par 65 today, playing with Tiger Woods this afternoon. And Tiger got it to two under early in his round. The knee that was obviously just torn apart by that car accident. He continues to try to come back. It was really bothering him during his round today. He was limping, grimacing, couldn't get through shots. He was losing a lot of his shots to the right and ended up with a four over par, 74. But McElroy right now leads the championship by one shot over Tom Hoge and Will Zatoris. Xander Shoffley is at two under. Cameron Smith at two. Kevin Na at two. Pretty good leaderboard right now at the PGA Championship in Tulsa. And speaking of the Masters champion, Scotty Scheffler is out on the course right now, and it looks like he just made a bogey. He is at one under par through eight holes today. We'll keep you updated on the PGA Championship. And right now the White Sox and Royals are playing in Kansas City. Royals are up 4-1. The White Sox have battled back to take a 5-4 lead. Royals batting in the bottom of the seventh inning, against Sox reliever Joe Kelly. So we'll also keep you updated on the progress of the White Sox game over the next little bit here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And our sports beat first pitch to you today is in regard to the Notre Dame football schedule for 2022, the rhythm of the Irish schedule. We look at the first portion of the opponents that Marcus Freeman's team will face coming up this fall. And, of course, it all starts with the biggie, September 3rd in Columbus 
at Ohio State. We know the Buckeyes will be a top-five team. They've got C.J. Stroud, their all-everything quarterback, returning after 44 touchdown passes last year. Their defense, eh, not the greatest, but offensively as good as anybody. The Irish will come in, probably a top-15 team. I'm going to be a little more conservative with the Irish ranking because we are dealing with a, the media, and B, the coaches. And I've always noticed through the years, if you've got your quarterback back and he's well-known and he's done well, you more than likely will get ranked higher than maybe you should be. If a program has a brand-new quarterback, they might be dropped a little lower than you would expect. Well, the Irish fall into that second category. Even though we've seen Tyler Buckner a little bit, he still hasn't thrown 40 passes as a collegiate quarterback. So more than likely, the Fighting Irish will be a top 15 team. I think there's a chance they could be top 10. But let's just be conservative. With a new quarterback, you never know about the boats. In fact, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. All that matters is the college football playoff rankings, but we play along. More than likely a top 15 team. Now for the Irish, when we talk about the rhythm of the schedule, this is a huge first game. You face an elite team on their home field in front of 100,000 wacko fans in Columbus. If you're a coach, would you like to have a cupcake in that first game? Personally, I do, to get your feet wet. Go through a game situation taking on an opponent that you should beat. But that's not the way it works out this year for the Fighting Irish. You have to work around conference schedules. A lot of conference teams don't want to pick up a major non-conference game late in the year. So you can't be overly picky if you want to take on, for example, Ohio State. So here we are, the Irish and the Buckeyes in game number one. I mentioned C.J. Stroud. This could be a huge year for Stroud. You look at the possibilities. He's on a really good football team that has a chance to at least make the college football playoff, in particular if their defense gets better. And probably Michigan got him for the one time in maybe the next few years. It's going to get a whole lot tougher for Michigan because Ohio State continues to recruit in Michigan. I guess they're holding their own, but that's not going to work against Ohio State. So CJ has a chance to win a Big Ten title, has a chance to be on a playoff team. He's got an opportunity to be the Heisman Trophy winner. He's the favorite right now, along with Bryce Young from Alabama. And you take a look at next year's NFL draft, CJ Stroud could be the number one pick in the draft. So yeah, big moment for CJ Stroud. He can help his cause in all those categories, except the Big Ten Conference, with a great showing against Al Golden's defense. 71% passer last year, 4,435 yards passing for Stroud, 44 touchdown strikes and only six interceptions. And that's just his first year as the starter. But how good will the defense be for Ohio State last year? They were 38th in the country in scoring defense, giving up 22 Point seven points per game. Honestly, if you watched Ohio State play, 
it feels like they were a whole lot worse than that. Pass efficiency defense, not great. Basically, around the middle of the pack, 50th in the country. And the total defense, which is yards allowed per game, Ohio State was tied for 59th at 372.9 yards given up per contest. So could we see a shootout in Columbus? Very well could be the case. Let's see if the Irish can keep up with the Buckeyes or can Al Golden's defense put a little handcuff on C.J. Stroud? Can the guys coming off the edge affect C.J. Stroud? What about the big boys coming from the interior of the defensive line? Mr. Adebiola coming up there to say hello to Mr. Stroud. That could definitely affect the outcome of the game. That's a heck of a season opener. No cupcakes for the Irish in the opener. They get the Buckeyes in Columbus, a 7.30 kick on September the 3rd. Then seven days later, the home opener for the Irish as we look at the rhythm of the schedule early on for Marcus Freeman's team. It is Marshall coming to town September 10th for a 2.30 kickoff. Now, they're in Conference USA, but Marshall has been a very competitive football team for the last few years. Not saying they're going to beat Notre Dame, but they're at least going to make you work. You look at some of the more recent numbers for Marshall. Last year, they went 7-6 overall, 5-3 in Conference USA. They played a team that the Irish played last year. They played the United States Naval Academy, and Marshall crushed them 49-7. You tip your cap. We know how difficult it is to play Navy And Marshall took it to him by 42 last year. Marshall also lost to East Carolina, 42 to 38, one of the other quote-unquote bigger games that they played. But you look at the previous years, you know, they hold their own. 2020, Marshall went 7-3. 2019, an 8-5 football team that lost to 24th-ranked Boise State 14-7 and lost to Marcus Freeman and the Cincinnati Bearcats 52-14. 2018, Marshall was 9-4. They played North Carolina State from the ACC, lost 37-20, also dropped a game to Virginia Tech 41-20. Their last losing season, well, Marshall went 3-9, Back in 2016. So definitely they're not going to be a pushover. The Irish will be a big favorite and probably will win by double digits. But at least you can look at past history. Marshall isn't exactly going to be a pushover. Week number three for the Irish. Right back at Notre Dame Stadium. Taking on a Pac-12 team other than Stanford and USC. And they're going to take on the Cal Golden Bears. 2.30 kickoff on September the 17th. California was not great offensively last year. In fact, Cal Berkeley scored 285 total points. That was in 12 games. On top of that, they lost last year's starting quarterback, Chase Garbers, who had 16 touchdown passes. He's now on the roster for the Las Vegas Raiders. But Notre Dame might face someone they are familiar with 
in the game on September 17th against Cal. Do you remember the name Jack Plummer? Well, Jack Plummer is probably going to be the starting quarterback for California this year. And he might play at Notre Dame Stadium for a second consecutive year. He was the guy who who played a lot for Purdue in the matchup at Notre Dame Stadium. Plummer on September the 18th last year went 25 of 36 for 187 yards and a touchdown. He was sacked a couple of times. Played a lot in a handful of games and played limited snaps and a few others. Altogether in eight games, Plummer for Purdue, 68% passer, seven touchdowns, no interceptions, and had 864 passing yards in the eight contests. So it could be Jack Plummer, second straight year at Notre Dame Stadium, last year with Purdue, this year with the Cal Golden Bears, and they are hoping for more offense. They went 5-7 and seven last year. Cal went 4-5, and five, and I think what we'd all agree is a weak Pac-12 conference. We're looking at the rhythm of the Notre Dame schedule in our Sports Beat first pitch on Budweiser's weekday Sports Beat 524 on this Thursday evening. Darren Pritchett with you. After they take on Cal, the Irish hit the road once again September 24th down to Chapel Hill to take on Mac Brown's North Carolina Tar Heels. Start time has not been established. North Carolina, one of the biggest disappointments in all of college football last year. Ranked number 10 in the country in the preseason. They finished 6-7 and seven and got routed by South Carolina in a bowl game. And they lost the face of their program to the National Football League. Sam Howell, their starting quarterback, has moved on. So the Tar Heels looking for a new starter. It might be Drake May, a sophomore who played... A little bit last year, but he's a five-star recruit out of the state of California, out of the state of North Carolina, excuse me. He went seven of ten for 89 yards in mop-up duty last year. The Irish are very familiar with what North Carolina wants to do. 2020, the Irish went down to Chapel Hill and beat the Tar Heels 31-17 last year at Notre Dame Stadium. A little bit more of a high-scoring game before the Irish pulled out a 44-34 victory. So after the first four games are in the books, at Ohio State, Marshall, Cal, at North Carolina, Notre Dame will enjoy their only bye of the year. It's on October the 1st. So four early, bye, then you got eight games after that, including after the bye, The Irish go to Las Vegas to take on Brigham Young University at 7.30. If this was a Rubik's Cube, I would flip those two items. I would play BYU on October the 1st, then have a bye week because that's kind of a tricky turnaround. Now, to be fair, the Irish have done this many times. They know about playing in prime time. Flying from one coast back to South Bend. You got your Sunday. Going back to the goo, getting checked out physically if necessary. Get back to class on Monday. It's it's a little bit of a, a different turnaround, a more difficult turnaround. But again, they're experiencing that capacity. But the Irish will have that bye, and then they go to Vegas to take on BYU. So they probably won't get back to South Bend until, what, 4 or 5? a.m. Eastern time 
on Sunday morning. And then it's right back to work, more game action the following week. So it's a fun start of the year at Ohio State. An interesting Marshall team. Maybe Jack Plummer takes on the Irish again this time as the Cal quarterback. And then you go to North Carolina to take on one of those ACC squads. The bye week, October the 1st. I have a feeling there might be a few weddings on October the 1st. It's normally how it works. That's a look at the rhythm of the Irish schedule early on in our sports beat. First pitch coming up next. It is our Twitter question of the day results from yesterday. A brand new question coming up in a couple of moments on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Flag fire rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Well, we're going to hold off on the Twitter question of the day for a moment because we have some breaking news that affects, in a roundabout way, the Fighting Irish football team. Not a big shock if you've been following this story from the start, but Jordan Addison, the outstanding junior-to-be wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Panthers, has decided to move on to the USC Trojans, who, of course, the Irish will face at the end of the year. Jordan Addison had an amazing year with the Pittsburgh Panthers. Now, Kenny Pickett was his quarterback, who turned out to be a first-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Kenny Pickett's favorite target was the six-foot, 175-pounder from Frederick, Maryland, Jordan Addison, who finished the year with 100 catches for 1,593 yards, 17 touchdown receptions for Addison, and he averaged 15.9 yards per catch. You look at his season during the regular season, he had 93 catches, and against Virginia on November the 20th, Addison had 14 receptions for 202 yards and four touchdowns. He also had an 11-catch game on November the 27th at Syracuse, 11 catches, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. When Pittsburgh beat Wake Forest in the ACC championship game 45-21, Addison, a major factor, no surprise, eight catches for 126 yards, and he wrapped up his pit career in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl against the Michigan State Spartans. And in that game, in a losing effort, Addison, seven receptions for 114 yards. So a 100-receiving, a 100-catch receiver, I'll get it right, has moved on from Pittsburgh to USC. There was a lot of finger-pointing, rumors, speculation that USC offered a very impressive name-image-likeness offer to Addison who hopped into the transfer portal after two exciting years at Pittsburgh. And now Addison will be a USC Trojan. Now in 2020, Addison faced the Irish and had one of his quietest games. He had three catches for 40 yards 
on October the 24th of 2020 when Notre Dame absolutely crushed Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh 45-3. to So Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma, gets a huge deal to become the head coach of the men of Troy. And he is working hard to make USC a really good football team right off the bat. Let's don't forget that Caleb Williams, an outstanding freshman at Oklahoma, left Norman to join Lincoln Riley in Southern California. Now, Spencer Rattler was the starting quarterback for Oklahoma at the beginning of last year. He wasn't awful, but he got benched, and Caleb Williams took over. And Williams finished out the year and ended up with a completion percentage of 64.5%. He threw for 1,912 yards. He had 21 touchdown passes and only four interceptions. Now, he took over the team on October the 9th, came in against Texas in the Red River showdown and went 16 of 25 for 212, had two passing touchdowns. He had 88 rushing yards and a touchdown, and from there, he took over the offense against Texas Tech. Didn't have a great offense, but still, Caleb Williams went 23 of 30 for 402, six touchdown passes in that ball game. And when you think about Notre Dame taking on USC at the Coliseum this year, Caleb Williams is going to be a dual-thread quarterback that the Irish will have to contend with. I gave you his passing numbers, the 21 touchdown strikes and four interceptions. Williams, 79 carries for 442 yards. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry, six rushing touchdowns, including a 74-yarder against Iowa State. In three games late in the year for Oklahoma, he carried the football at least 10 times, highlighted by a 19-carry game against Oklahoma State, which would turn out to be an Oklahoma loss, 37-33. to So Caleb Williams leaves Oklahoma for USC. He follows his head coach there, and now Caleb Williams has a major target to throw to in Jordan Addison. He's a junior-to-be coming off 100 catches with Kenny Pickett and the Pitt Panthers last season, and now he is headed to Southern California. And the Fighting Irish knew when Lincoln Riley went to Norman that things are going to get a little more interesting. Riley, a great offensive mind. He had those Heisman Trophy winners at Oklahoma that he helped bring to that award, and now you look ahead to November 26th, Notre Dame at USC, Caleb Williams, and Jordan Addison, who last year at this time were playing for Oklahoma and Pittsburgh, respectively. But the wild, wild west is back, and everything is possible in college football now. People dancing all over the place. So now you've got a heck of a combination, Williams to Addison in Southern California. So a little more intrigue surrounding Notre Dame and USC when they meet at the L.A. Coliseum on November the 26th. So, there you go. Jordan Addison, we expected this to happen. It's now official. Brett McMurphy broke the story a couple of moments ago from the stadium. Jordan Addison to USC. It is now 539 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT, which leads us to another little fun storyline involving college football. Heck, it's May 19th, and 
a lot of college football stories to deal with, including this one. Jimbo Fisher, head coach, Texas A&M. Nick Saban, head coach, Alabama. Things aren't going very well right now between these two, and they're fine with that. But Nick Saban is not used to losing to former assistant coaches. Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies got him on a last-second field goal in College Station last year, a rare loss for the Crimson Tide against someone outside of kind of that Auburn LSU group. Well, Alabama recovered, made it all the way to the championship game before they lost to the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher have been jabbing each other a tad bit, mainly Saban doing the jabbing and Fisher responding. Well, here we go again. Nick Saban told a group of local business leaders in Tuscaloosa, quote, I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, likeness. We didn't buy one player, all right? But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. It's tough, end quote. You make a general statement. If you're Nick Saban on this subject, you're going to get some attention. But when you put the spotlight on a team and a coach, well, there's going to be more of an uprising. And sure enough, Jimbo Fisher who has never answered a question, I'm sure, in more than or more less than three or four words. I mean, he will go on and on and on. Well, he's not very happy about Nick Saban's comments. This is the yeah. second time where there have been some comments where you're kind of like, ooh, wow, Nick is really stepping out there and kind of igniting a situation that maybe he didn't need to ignite, honestly. Because we are in the wild, wild west. Things are happening in college football. I don't know. Is Alabama clean? Are they doing so? I have no idea. I'm just going to guess with the way things are right now, you do what you need to do using the name, image, likeness to your advantage. And if you're not, you're probably falling behind. So Saban made those comments. Jimbo Fisher had a response he goes goes on for a couple of minutes here. Give a listen. It's pretty entertaining, and Jimbo is not very happy at this particular time as his program, I guess, was kind of under siege by the head coach of Alabama, Nick Saban. Here is Jimbo Fisher. Hey, it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. That they broke state laws. That they're, that they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous, but when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. 
you'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you've got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families. And Texas A&M, because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's and it personal to us. Yes, it is. It's personal to A&M. It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. know him really well. It's amazing that we're allowed to do those things. It's really despicable. And I, and I hate it for our players who are coming here who did things the right way, have done things the right way, and will continue to do things the right way. I apologize to you that people insult you publicly the way they're doing it. And our fans, I, I, I apologize to you guys for people saying those things about Texas A&M. But I promise you this, there are, no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for him. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, I guess he had every right to fire back at Nick. He kind of went to the ledge, but he didn't jump. He's telling us, well, go check out his past, things that Saban has done, despicable. So he went close to telling us, but he did not go all the way. Well, I'll say this. My personal opinion on this storyline is as follows. Oil money's really good. Yeah, there's a lot of money down there in Texas that can be floated around. And I'm not saying it's bad what they did. Folks, it's the wild, wild west. We've been talking about name, image, likeness, transfer portal. It is the new dynamic duo. It's not Batman and Robin. It's not anybody from the Avengers you can put together in accommodation. It is NIL and transfer portal. It is a bad combination. And we're in an uncomfortable spot. There's a lot of money out there to be had. And... The door is open, even though the NCAA in the last week or so has tried to close the door that boosters cannot get involved in this money and looking for students, athletes, and recruiting. Come on. The NCAA can do nothing at this point. Pandora's box is wide open, and away we go. Brady Quinn got involved, creating that little program to help Notre Dame with NIL, name, image, likeness. There's a lot of cash moving around. Did Texas A&M have deals for some of their players, all their players? I have no idea for sure, but let's face it. Come on. They had an unbelievable recruiting class, and I'm sure most of it was hard work, but when you can work with 
your fan base to help you, it's going to pay off. If A&M did it, you know what? Good for them. There's nothing to stop them at this point. Nothing. It's an arms race. You either keep up or you fall behind, plain and simple. Now, what is Notre Dame doing? I have no idea. Honest to goodness, I have no inside stories for you. All I know is right now they have the number one recruiting class in the class of 2023. There is a ton of hard work that goes into that. That's all I know. But here we are in this era of college football where people are moving when that doesn't seem like they need to move. Jordan Addison was just fine at Pittsburgh, but now he's at USC. Did he get an NIL deal? You know what? I'm not going to be surprised. Sure, he probably did. Good for him. Money's there. Good for him. This isn't our grandpa's college sports anymore. (laughs) And like Mike Bray, the Irish basketball coach, said the other day, you know what, why are we whining and complaining about it? This is it. We all get paid extremely well to deal with this. Shut up and deal with it. Yeah? I like that attitude. This is the way things are. The NCAA has no control, and away we go. We knew this was going to happen. This this is why I didn't like the transfer portal where you could transfer and play right away. It just it opened many doors and opened up the possibility of a lot of headaches, and here we are, and now you know what? Let's go. Jimbo and Nick. They get to play each other again in Tuscaloosa this year. I guess, according to a story I read on ESPN, Nick has tried to call Jimbo, but he won't answer. (laughs) So, do you think there might be a few TV cameras and photographers around midfield before the A&M-Alabama game wanting to get a glimpse of Mr. Saban and Mr. They shake hands, talk. Whatever happens, turn their backs against each other. It's going to be fun. It was already going to be a fun game, but now it's going to be extra fun. 549. Jordan Addison will take on the Irish this year, a wide receiver at USC. That information just coming out a few moments ago. More sports speed coming up in a couple of moments on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett back with you at 554 on this Thursday evening. On my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat, I asked a Twitter question of the day yesterday. It was, which quarterback will throw the most combined touchdowns? We're talking rushing and passing touchdowns during the regular season. You had two choices. Notre Dame quarterback Tyler Buckner, who will play 12 regular season games, or Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who will play 17 regular season games. A lot to factor in. Fields plays five more games. Buckner has the chance to play... What do I say? A couple of teams that should not match up very well against the Irish, leading to some lofty numbers. 
You could argue Buckner's got really good players around him. The Bears are still trying to add personnel around their second-year quarterback out of Ohio State. Well, it was a landslide vote, and Irish fans and football fans are all in on Tyler Buckner. Or maybe they're out on Justin Fields or a combination of both. Which quarterback will throw the most combined touchdowns, rushing, passing? Notre Dame's Tyler Buckner got 83.3% of the vote. Justin Fields just 16.7. I still don't like the Bears wide receivers around Justin Fields. Now, Buckner has some question marks as well at wide receiver, but he's got running backs to throw the football to. He's got the best tight end in the country. And Michael Mayer, I think Lorenzo Styles Jr. is going to have a wild season for the Irish at wide receiver. So, like the majority, I would vote for Tyler Buckner as well. He will have the most combined touchdowns compared to Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears. Now, a question I posted just a little bit ago since... It is a major championship weekend for golf with the PGA Championship at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is a golf-inspired Twitter question of the day. If you had the chance to play one of these three golf courses, which would you choose? Augusta National, the side of the Masters, Pebble Beach out in California, or across the pond at St. Andrews. If you had the chance to play one of these three, what do you choose? Augusta, Pebble Beach, or St. Andrews? You can vote right now, tonight, throughout the day, tomorrow, on my Twitter account, at 960-SPORTSBEAT. 557 Sports Center update coming up in a couple of moments. PGA professional from South Bend Country Club, Greg Helmkamp, will join me after the top of the hour on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to the second hour of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on this Thursday evening. Great to have you on board. The PGA Championship is underway, the second major of the golf season. And Rory McIlroy, who has gotten off to some very poor starts in majors the last few years. Well, he was locked in today. He is the leader right now. His first round play continues in Tulsa, where it's 90 degrees right now, so it probably feels like 120 McElroy, a five under par, 65, and still holds a one-shot lead. Well, the PGA Championship put on by the PGA of America, and of course we have local PGA professionals in our area, including my next guest, Greg Helmkamp, the PGA professional at South Bend Country Club here in South Bend, an historic golf course, and it's great to have Greg back on the program here on WSPT Radio. Greg, it's Darren. Good to be with you. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks, Darren, for uh, having me on. Greatly appreciate your time this evening, and it is a big week for the PGA of America. Their premier event is taking place, the PGA Championship. And, Greg, you are a PGA professional, so what does it mean to you and the other PGA professionals for this championship to take place? You know, it's, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, you always look forward to the four weeks uh, every year, the majors, but this one uh, for us has a little bit special, uh, more special 
uh, feel to it just because, you know, 20 of our peers are participating in this week's major. And to think that, you know, the possibility of um, maybe if I played a little bit more golf, I would, uh, you know, have a chance to, uh, you know, participate in this championship among the world's greatest. Uh, there's just a, that element kind of makes it a little bit more fun to watch and watch those 20 guys compete uh, against the best in the world. I'm betting the greatest misconception about a PGA professional is golf fans probably think you guys play a ton of golf. I mean, you're a PGA professional, so that means you're playing a lot of golf, but actually that probably is not the case. I mean, how much do you get to play, Greg? You know, it, it, it varies depending on what uh, facility you're at and, uh, you know, how much help you got and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, this year, um, you know, the other thing is they assume you watch a lot of golf. So I did not watch one shot of the PGA Championship <laughs> today. Um, so I pulled it up the leaderboard right before I came on and just I saw that Rory played pretty well today. Um, yeah, I mean, we're so busy with other things and we wear so many other hats that, um, you know, putting on events for our members, uh, giving golf instruction, that uh, playing golf and watching golf uh, in season is uh, not something we do a lot of. Greg Helmkamp, PGA professional at South Bend Country Club, my guest here on WSBT Radio. But just being a golf fan, Greg, we've all watched Tiger Woods try to come back from that horrific car accident that nearly cost him his leg, but he continues to try to battle through the rehab. We saw him at the Masters, and Greg, for the first couple of days, I'm not saying he looked like the old Tiger, but I was absolutely amazed he was able to play that good a golf, that sharp. Now, I know he knows Augusta like the back of his hand, but at the same time, you still have to execute. Mentally, you've not put your body through something like a major championship in so long. I was actually kind of surprised he was as good as he was early on. Just as a PGA professional watching Tiger trying to come back and what he's trying to achieve, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I think I've watched him long enough throughout his career that nothing surprises me with that yeah. guy anymore. I mean, and he is, uh, he's always been a grinder. Uh, it'll be really interesting. I mean, I think he shot 74 today mm -hmm. to see what he comes uh, back with tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I, I, he looked like he was hurting a little bit out there today uh, to see if he grinds it out and makes the cut. Uh, wouldn't surprise me, um, but that would be pretty impressive. No question. He was grimacing today. He was losing a lot of shots to the right. Greg, so that tells me that there wasn't a lot of transition of weight. And like I said, he was grimacing. He was limping a little bit. So I would have to imagine when you're losing the ball to the right, I would have to imagine that leg is bothering because he just can't get through a shot. Is that fair to say? For sure. That's 100%. I mean, he said in his news conference, everything you need to do on that left leg, which is turn and transition into, uh, he said is bothering him right now. So that's, that's not a good sign. I got to ask you, as someone that teaches the golf swing, how in the world, if someone came to you and said, Greg, I'd like to swing like Scotty Scheffler, who won the Masters. He was trying to hit draws at Augusta, and his feet are moving. He looked like Fred Astaire dancing almost. I mean, can you imagine moving your feet as much as he did? I know Bubba Watson, his foot movement is also kind of amazing. He was able to pull it off, but... Is it kind of amazing to you that these are the best in the world? Now, granted, Scheffler's amazing, but he does it by moving his feet. He basically does everything you tell people probably not to do. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And, and, no, if he came to me, I would say, 
keep doing what you're doing. I mean, it, 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 they, they, they've done it so many times, though, and they're, and they're athletes, believe it or not. I mean, golfers are athletes, so his hand-eye coordination is so good. He's done it so many times that um, it's just about repetition. So it's finding something, and that's where the most amateur struggle is, being able to repeat over and over and over. I mean, the number one thing I get when a, a student comes to me is, how oh, I'm struggling with my consistency. I need to be more consistent. Well, that's just from repetition and being able to do things, the, the same thing over and over again. Greg, and these guys are great at it. Yeah. Greg, you're involved in the game of golf on a daily basis. You run into a lot of people. I'm wondering your thoughts on the state of golf in our area. From my standpoint, we have some amazing golf courses within a 30 minute drive. If you're in downtown South Bend, including South Bend country club, is the game as popular as ever? Uh, at least in the time that I've been in it. I've been in it for 18 years now. And, you know, when COVID hit two years ago, uh, it was golf was steadily kind of on the decline. And then it just shot through the roof. And we're still feeling uh, those effects, which is awesome. I mean, it's exciting. It's one of those things where somebody says, are you busy? Or, you know, how things going? And you're like, yeah, I'm super busy, but it's a good thing. I mean, people are coming to the game, flocking to the game. It's something they can do outside. And uh, we're going to take advantage of it while we can. Are you seeing a lot of youngsters get involved in the game right now? I think they see their parents going out and playing. As you mentioned, with COVID, a lot of people use golf as a way to get out of the house and have some fun. Are we starting to see more youngsters get involved in the game of golf? Yeah. For sure, our junior program at South Bend Country Club grew last year. We're expecting it to grow again this year. Um, you know, the one thing I love to see is, uh, you know, our members come out and, you know, in an evening and, and bring their little one out and go out and play two or three holes and, and watching them just kind of hit it around and have fun with it uh, is awesome. That, that's the future of our game, and, and we need that to happen. Here's the best piece of advice I have for parents. Get your youngsters started now because there is nothing more frustrating than being 45, 48, 50 years old, picking up the game, hitting those dub <laughs> shots that don't go very far. You get frustrated. But when you're seven years old, those shots aren't so bad. So I think starting youngsters at a young age, I think it helps softens the blow of how, how difficult the game is early on until you figure out how to swing the golf club. So true and such a great point. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they, they develop hand-eye coordination by, you know, playing golf, not only golf, but any, all sports, baseball, hockey, soccer, you know, anything to get them and, and be athletic uh, will help them in, the, in their future in golf down the road. Well, I asked you about the state of golf a moment ago, and I think back to 2019 when the U.S. Senior Open, a national championship came to Warren Golf Course, and you were working at Warren at that particular time, and we have a mutual friend in, in John Foster. And I'll tell you what, Greg, for my money, I've been here since December of 98. That was one of the most fun weeks that I have ever had as a media member covering an event. It was a special, special week, and I know it was extra special for you. I think golf fans in our area remember that we had a local resident that got to caddy for one of the greatest golfers of all time in Tom Watson, and you were that individual. Could you reminisce for a second, now a couple of years removed, having that opportunity to be on the bag with Tom Watson, one of the greatest golfers who have ever walked the face of the earth? Yeah, I mean, it was such a blur that week, and and I, you know, two years later, as you said, I still there's times I look back and go, I can't believe I really did that. It was. Uh, <laughs> It was so awesome to be inside the ropes and watch one of the greatest to ever do it. And, and, and even at that stage, he was 69 at that um, tournament, to watch him, you know, be able to lock in on that first tee 
and for four and a half hours be all business and then walk off the 18th green and hand, you know, golf balls to spectators and little kids and, mm. and just flip the switch and, and be the awesome guy that everybody knows he is uh, was pretty, pretty special. I think a lot of times we're always worried about meeting someone we're a fan of or an idol or someone we've watched on TV because we might be disappointed. Then we look at them differently, but I get the sense probably your vision of who Tom Watson was became reality getting to spend that time with him. It did. And, and, and it was, you know, it was easy. He just, from the first time we met on the range, he's asking about my family and wow. what I was doing, you know, that night and, you know, good places to eat in town. So it was just a real casual conversation, which kind of put me at ease a little bit. Yeah. Um, and from that point on, it was, uh, it was a fun week and uh, a, a week that obviously I'll never forget. Did he use your expertise and knowledge of the golf course at all, or was he the type he just kind of figured it out himself? Yeah, that's the number one question I got. And not once that week did he ask me to read a, a putt for him on any of our greens. And to his point is I don't know his speed. Yeah. Um, I don't uh, – the speed of our greens that were day-to-day at Warren were different for the championship. So I, I understood completely why he didn't ask me to read those greens. But there were certain instances – yardages to certain spots um certain you know course knowledge questions that did come up throughout the the four rounds uh, that i was able to i feel like help him with a little bit i think he finished tied for 17th that week so i'll uh, i'll say i contributed to yeah. a little bit of that <laughs> hey i'll tell you what if you wouldn't have been paid a dime for that i know you would have done it but hey he made the cut so it turned out to be a pretty good loop i think it's fair it to was say, a nice right? little yeah it was a nice <laughs> little uh, payday that week more than i had expected I mean, you and Bones have a lot in common now as as caddies making a little little cash. I just got to do some commentary. (laughs) Greg Helmkamp, the PGA professional at South Bend Country Club, my guest. And another part of how strong the game of golf is in our area, we continue to have professional golf here in South Bend. The old Symmetra Tour, and I know you can kind of fill in the blanks here on a new sponsor, but the Four Winds Invitational will be at South Bend Country Club for a second consecutive year. Give our listeners a little background and some information on what to expect coming up in August. Yeah, so they'll be back uh, the same week in August. So it'll be August 8th through the 14th out at South Bend Country Club. Uh, The event will actually be that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, August 12th, 13th, and 14th. Uh, So the Symmetra uh, name is no longer they're no longer the title sponsor of the tour is now epson tour uh four wins invitational though four wins is still the title sponsor for this specific event uh we're excited to have the girls back for year two uh, we learned a lot in year one so we are expecting to put on uh, an even better event this year and uh you know we'll be looking for volunteers so if you're interested uh please contact me at south bend country club and we'll show you how to get signed up to uh, help volunteer that week it's fun you get to watch these girls Uh, up close and you know it's easy jobs doing some scoring putting scores up on leaderboards Uh, it's a fun week for the volunteers and they're very friendly and it's just a really cool experience and it's really really good golf in fact I've been told through the years the difference between these girls on this tour and the LPGA tour is basically a few missed putts it it is and and (laughs) you watch them grind and and you know their lifestyles are a little different, which makes you feel for them a little bit yeah. and want to support them. And, and that's where our membership was huge last year in supporting these girls and, um, you know, putting them up in their houses when they came to town. 
uh, which was awesome to see. You know, a lot of our members really got to know a lot of these girls and still follow them to this day, which is kind of a cool element of, of this event. Greg, I know the, the size of the tournaments are different, but did your experience being a part of the U.S. Senior Open help you at all last year being involved in putting on this golf tournament at South Bend Country Club? Oh, most definitely. You know, the the size, you're right, is different, but there's elements in putting on a professional championship, whether it's a USGA event, an LPGA event. So, yeah, there was a lot of things that uh, I brought to the table from what I learned uh, that that week and leading up to that week in 2019 that I felt uh, really helped me out last year to prepare for, uh, you know, the, the Symmetra Tour and the Four Winds Invitational uh, out at our place. Well, Greg, as I mentioned at the start of this conversation, South Bend Country Club, an historic golf course. There's been some really famous people that have come through town and played that particular golf course. You're hosting a professional golf tournament. I mean, you're a big spender. I mean, Jack Nolan, I mean, he's not cheap. I hear him on TV when he's doing the commercials for South Bend Country Club, the old Irish basketball announcer. How would you describe the, the state of South Bend Country Club and what's happening right now at your facility? A lot of excitement. Uh, you know, our, all of our members are, are huge golf enthusiasts. I, I say that our golf course is our five-star athlete or our All-American. Uh, we have such a great golf facility and golf course. Um, they all love tournament golf, so we're, we're ramping up our, uh, our member tournament season right now, which is exciting. Uh, participation's up. Um, we filled our match play, which uh, is 64 guys, so they've all got their pairings and are ready to take off. So a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement. Um, and uh, we're ready for a great 2022 season. I remember being very nervous at your facility many, many moons ago. The late Air Parsegian was playing in the group behind me, and their group caught up to ours, and I could barely take the club back knowing that the great Era was right there behind me, and I think he shot his age that particular day, which surprises no one who knows about the late, great Air Parsegian. Yeah, but Yeah, he's got, a, he's got a couple club championships out there, so he was a, quite the golfer. Unbelievable. Well, Greg, great to catch up with you. Again, congratulations. Second year out at South Bend Country Club. You're doing an amazing job there. You've got professional golf coming back to your facility and always a wonderful place to enjoy. And if people want to learn more about South Bend Country Club, Greg, how can they do so? Uh, SouthBendCC.com. Uh, our website kind of uh, goes over, um, you know, everything we offer from the, the, the dining to the pool to, to golf. Um it, membership information up there Uh, we got a a tab why join south bend country club all the benefits uh, of being a member at south bend country club is right there on our website greg thanks again for what you do for the game of golf in our area and i greatly appreciate your time joining me here on wsbt radio tonight thanks for having me I, i enjoyed it darren thank you so much greg helmkamp pga professional at south bend country club it is 24 minutes after six o'clock at wsbt I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. In the NBA, it's not very often a team has quality depth and superstar talent on the same team. Normally, when you sign max players, the bench suffers. But if that wasn't clear in the regular season, the Golden State Warriors reminded everybody last night they are the exception. The Warriors pummeled the Mavericks in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. Golden State had seven players in double figures, and the team managed to frustrate Dallas star Luka Doncic, throwing countless bodies at him throughout the game. He'd finished with just 20 points. The game obviously isn't a death sentence. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with scissors. <laughs>
29 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. Budweiser's weekday sports beat from 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app, brought to you by Budweiser, the food bank of Northern Indiana. Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance, and Barnabies of Mishawaka and Granger. Thanks to Greg Helmkamp from South Bend Country Club, their PGA professional, for joining me. Here on WSBT Radio, it is still Rory McIlroy atop the leaderboard as round one begins to wind down at the PGA Championship. Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 565 for McIlroy and a one-shot lead. A couple of players out on the golf course making some noise. Lucas Herbert from Australia, 300 par through 10. Justin Thomas, JT, 200 par through 15. And Matt Fitzpatrick, two under par through 11. Those are some of the guys still out on the course right now in the top 10 at the PGA Championship. Well, our sports wagering segment, we going to Sizzler every day here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Let's recap the four selections and my underdog pick from last night. We started at Fenway Park. I was all in on Garcia starting for the Astros. His ERA on the road under 1.50. Well, that changed, unfortunately, last night. It took the Astros on the money line at the Red Sox at minus 110. And the Red Sox took care of the Astros 5-1. Second suggestion from yesterday. I really like this pitching matchup. With Wheeler Wheeler on the mound for the Phillies against the San Diego Padres in Philadelphia. Wheeler had been throwing some great baseball as of late, so I took the Phillies on the money line over the Padres, and that was a winning suggestion as the Padres were blanked by the Phillies three to nothing. Our third suggestion from last night's program, it was from the Mets Cardinals game in New York. Max Scherzer on the mound for the Metropolitans. Jordan Hicks for St. Louis. And my wager from this game that the Mets, despite being the home team, would score the first run of the game against St. Louis. And I got that wager at minus 135. Well, in the bottom of the first inning, the Mets would score. So that was a good pick. Scherzer would leave that game with an oblique injury, and the Mets have announced that Scherzer is out for six to eight weeks. And the fourth suggestion from last night's program from the National Hockey League, I laid it all out. Rangers games had been going over throughout the playoffs so far. Now that was against the Penguins. This is against the Hurricanes, a much better defensive team. The Canes had been scoring a lot of goals, so... Why not in game one go over five and a half goals between the two teams at minus 120? The game went to overtime, tied at one. Canes won two once, only three goals in the game, and we lost that suggestion. So two and two last night, five and seven for the week. But the underdog pick has been the one that's kind of saved the day. So last night, I laid out this explanation why the horrible Nationals were going to beat the Marlins with their ace on the mound, Pablo Lopez. Josiah Gray was going to start, who was great on the road despite his ERA being in the fours so far this year. So I took the Nationals on the money line as my underdog pick 
at plus 155, and kaboom! Nationals got in front early and ended up winning in 10 innings, 5-4, to four. so we got the underdog pick right once again. So the underdog pick this week is going pretty well at 2-1. and one. Here we go with the suggestions for today. Now, i got to be honest, I'm not thrilled about these four. It's a very limited schedule. There are a lot of afternoon games, so I missed out on some opportunities. So I'm not a big fan of these four. I'll tell you up front, but we got to play the game here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, so let's just give it a shot. we got D-backs and Cubs at Wrigley Field, and I'm going to go with the underdog road team, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who have been playing outstanding baseball after a horrible year last year they're highly competitive this year and they've got one of their best going Zach Galley now I know him he was a an old Cardinal prospect that got traded to the Marlins for Marcel Ozuna and then Zach got flipped for Jazz Chisholm so Galleon had a rough year last year with injuries he has been lights out so far this year so Marcus Stroman coming off the COVID list to start for the Cubs tonight. I'm going to go with the D-backs on the money line. Take a shot on them at plus 110. Another underdog pick for my second suggestion, battle in the AL West, battle of two teams from the state of Texas, the Astros and the Rangers, and the Rangers have had no luck playing the Astros in Houston the last couple of years. So I'm going to say the Astros – Minus one and a half runs versus the Rangers at plus 100. This means the Astros not only have to win the game, they have to win by more than two runs. So I'm going to go Astros minus one and a half runs against the Rangers at plus 100. Third suggestion for tonight, it is the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics in game two of their Eastern Conference Final down in Miami. The Heat had to really get hot in the third quarter, and they did after trailing at halftime. They put it to the Celtics in the third quarter, and that turned out to be the difference in the ballgame as the Heat won game one on their home floor, and I think they'll win again on their home floor tonight. I've got the Heat minus 2.5 points against the Celtics at minus 140. And the fourth and final suggestion for tonight, this is just a gut pick, so no good scientific data. I just think this is going to be a high-scoring game tonight. Stanley Cup playoffs, the St. Louis Blues at the Colorado Avalanche. I'm going to say this is going to be a game. There's going to be a few goals scored, and hopefully that's the case. I'm going to go Blues-Avalanche over 6.5 total goals in this game at minus 130. So there are the four suggestions for tonight. Again, I'm not a big fan of these, but we'll play the game. D-backs on the money line at plus 110. Astros minus one and a half runs against the Rangers at plus 100. Heat minus two and a half points against the Celtics at minus 140. Blues avalanche over six and a half total goals at minus 130. How about our underdog pick for today? I've already picked two plus games, so let's try another. I'm going to go back to the well. I love this in game one of the Eastern Conference semifinal, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning at Florida. Panthers, a young team. Yeah, they got the President's Trophy, but the Lightning have all the experience in this spot. And we hit the Lightning the other night at plus 185. That is a big, big underdog victory. 
So let's try it once again. If we lose, we're still ahead between these two games. So let's go Tampa Bay once again. Ride the lightning on the money line at Florida. This time the number not as juicy, but we'll take it. Tampa Bay on the money line at plus 140 to take down the Panthers once again. And those are the suggestions for tonight's We Going to Sizzler sports wagering segment. It is 20 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. Darren Pritchett with you. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WS. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And let's get to our My Five Question of today. My power rankings right now in the American League, as we said on May the 19th. Now, these numbers I'm going to give you, we're going into play today. The Yankees, for example, were in action this afternoon and lost, so that'll throw their numbers off a little bit. But here we go, power rankings in the American League. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. We're going to start with a team that's only 20 and 18, but they made the top five because of my expectations for them at the start of the year. And the team, the Toronto Blue Jays. Right now, just the sixth best record in the America League. They were my choice to win the America League pennant, so I'm going to hang on to them as long as I can. They have the ability to be a really good team. It just has not clicked so far this year. In fact, the Blue Jays started today not only with the sixth best record in the America League, they are only third in their AL East division, eight and a half games behind the first place New York Yankees. The Blue Jays offense that has some great bats, including Bo Bichette, George Springer, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., have been held in check so far this year. Only 140 runs scored in 38 games. They're better than that. And they're just 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. The Yankees don't show any signs of slowing down. You're already 8.5 back. That's going to be a tough hill to climb, so this could be a Blue Jay team that's going to have to scratch and claw to be a wild card team in the America League. I'm not giving up on them. That's why they're fifth on my list, despite only having the sixth best record in the American League. Four. Coming in at number four, also from the AL East, the Tampa Bay Rays. Can you name five Tampa Bay Rays? Even for a diehard baseball fan, it's very difficult. Wander Franco is one. Shane McClanahan is two. I know those two because the South Bend Cubs faced them when they were a part of the Bowling Green Hot Rods back in 2019. Well, Tampa Bay right now is 23-15. and 15. They're just doing what Rays teams have done the last few years. A bunch of no-names analytically put together. And they win games. They just win in a very difficult AL East. Right now, the Rays are 23 and 15. Second best record in the America League. Second in the AL East, five and a half behind the Yankees. Yeah, I've got them a little lower than maybe they should be. 
But it just feels like Tampa's going to have to add some offense as the season goes on. They're getting great pitching right now. Their offense gets them by. Maybe I just look at their lineup and say, eh, eh. got some good guys, but eh. they'll probably add somebody at the deadline and they'll be in the postseason fighting for a spot in the World Series once again. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, number three. My America League power rankings as of May the 19th coming in at number three, the Houston Astros, who have been red hot lately. The Astros are 24 and 14 from their championship team. Gone. Garrett Cole, George Springer, Carlos Correa, but they continue to win. Jeremy Pena has taken over for Correa. He's been awesome. He was a part of the 2019 Midwest League All-Star Game at Four Winds Field, just a couple of blocks away here in downtown South Bend. The Astros right now have the second-best record in the American League. A one-game lead in the AL West over the LA Angels. What is impressive is the fact that their starting rotation is one of the best in the American League. That was one of my question marks coming into the year because one of their best, Lance McCullers Jr., is on the shelf. But Justin Verlander, the ageless wonder, has come back after two years of being on the sideline, coming off Tommy John surgery. He has been electric. Second fewest runs allowed in the American League, the Houston Astros at 126. I did not have them winning the AL West. That might be my biggest boo-boo because I guess I should have learned you can't count out the Astros even through all the controversy losing key players they continue to be a major factor in the American League number two the LA Angels are 24 and 16 the old Cub manager Joe Madden's got that team playing well maybe we get to see Mike Trout Shohei Otani and the Angels in the postseason the Angels 24 and 16, fourth best record in the American League, one game in back of the Astros for the AL West lead. They have allowed the fourth fewest runs. How about that? Noah Syndergaard from the Mets to the Angels. He's been good. They've given up just 148 runs while leading the American League in runs scored with 196. I guess Otani has a lot to do with both of those statistics. Number one. It's got to be the New York Yankees, the best record in baseball right now. The Yankees lost today, so they're 28 and 10. First place in the AL East, five games over the Tampa Bay Rays. They're getting really good starting pitching. In fact, I wouldn't have guessed this at the start of the year. The Yankees have the best starting rotation right now in the American League. Talion, Cole, Cortez doing good things right now in the Bronx. This could be a tough summer for those of us in the Midwest because the New York teams and the L.A. teams are both elite at this particular time. So we're going to hear about it from the media and, yeah, their fan bases as well. That's the My 5 question of the day. My American League power rankings as of right now. Blue Jays, Rays, Astros, Angels, Yankees. I will say the White Sox were team number six on my list ahead of the Twins, even though the Twins are ahead of the Sox in the standings. I just think long-term, the Sox will be the team in the AL Central. It is 651 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 